The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The title of this song is I Have a Soul.
So I want us to think of this spiritual armor as an umbrella. This past Wednesday night, so we were in a prayer service and we had a storm that came through. I mean, it poured down rain for a while. And the jewels had brought their, what are they? There we are. The jewels had brought their umbrella. <clears throat> they were prepared. Uh, they could go out in, in the rain and not get so wet. The spiritual armor is like that umbrella. But if you don't bring the umbrella, it's not going to be any use to you. You've got to have it with you. You've got to have it on in order. So we need to understand that standing firm uh, as you wear God's armor, number one, is not going to mean that there's no storms coming your way any more than carrying an umbrella means it's not going to rain. But having your spiritual armor on does mean it's going to stop the temptations from defeating you. And that's the key. I think if I ask the question right now, how many of you as believers would like to have true that you do not give in to temptation that the devil sends? I think as believers, any one of us that is genuinely saved would, would have a testimony to say, I don't want to give any temptation. I want to be able to live a victorious Christian life. But it takes having an umbrella. It takes having on the armor of God. Our job is to stand firm in the victory that Jesus has promised us when we wear that armor. After we have on the whole armor of God, which is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. After we have all of that on, the next step is found in verse 18. And in verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want us to look and see this morning. Um, what God has to say to us about our prayer life when it comes to our spiritual armor. Father, I pray right now that you would help me to remember the things in which I have studied and that I would be able to share them very clearly to be understood. I also pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to take what is shared and to use it to penetrate our own hearts. Show us, Lord, what we're doing right. Show us where we may be failing. Lord, give us a desire to change those things, to be and do what you would be pleased with. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I want us to look uh, at some truth here. Wednesday night I shared a couple of truths, principle-wise. The first one Wednesday night was that the way that we respond to life is governed by the way that we view God. The way that we respond to life is governed by the way that we view God. Your view of God, what you know of God, what He is like, how He works, uh, will determine how you view things that happen in your life. The second truth that I shared is that our attitude is not determined by our circumstances, but it's by the, our view of our circumstances. Let me explain you. If you look at the circumstances in your life, the trials and, and troubles that come your way, and if you look at them as being unfair, undeserved, then you're probably going to let those things get you down 
and you're going to start complaining about them. But if you see those circumstances, those troubles and trials that come to your life, if you see them as part of God's plan, part of God's purpose for you, then you'll be more likely to be able to do what uh, James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 says, to count it all joy when you fall into those different kind of trials, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience, knowing that, that God is doing and using that to work in you to be what he wants you to be. And so our, our attitude is not determined by the circumstances, but by our view of the circumstances. Uh, the umbrella does not keep us from storms, but it keeps us protected from it. And the armor does not mean that you won't have any temptations. The armor is there because the temptations will come. They will come today. They will come tomorrow. And they will come every tomorrow after that until you're in the grave where the rapture takes place. That's the way the spiritual warfare works. So we need the armor of God. We need to know what it is. We need to know how to use it. And we need to add prayer to that list. Praying always with all prayer and all supplication. Um, the, the truth today is that the type of prayer that we concentrate on is determined by our view of the believer's warfare. The type of praying that you do and that I do is determined by the way that we view the believer's warfare. For instance, if you think the warfare that you're fighting is primarily a physical one, you're going to concentrate your prayers on physical things. If you see the battles that you're facing and the conflict that you're facing as being a spiritual warfare, there's going to be a concentration on spiritual things that you're praying about. And if we have to evaluate ourselves, where would most of us come from today? I know that even I, myself, I have to keep telling myself and reminding myself of praying about the spiritual things. It is so important. Dr. Tony Evans made this statement. He says, whatever is bothering you in the physical realm is coming from the spiritual realm. We just don't see it. The things that are going on, let's say the problems, the trials in our life. The trials in our life come from one of two places. It either comes from God sending those things into our life to be able to strengthen our faith, to build our character, endurance, patience, Or it comes from the devil, like it was with Job, trying to discourage him and get him to turn his back upon the Lord. And he wants to do the same for us. One or two places. So the things that you pray about that are the trials and the conflicts and the difficulties that come into your life, they have a spiritual root. And we need to be able to see past the physical, and see the spiritual. It doesn't mean that we don't pray about the physical, but we don't stop praying with the physical. We also include the spiritual root of the problem. 
And so there is the need of recognizing the, the spiritual warfare that is going on. <clears throat> so the reason that we don't pray for the spiritual realm as we should is because we don't see the spiritual battles like God wants us to see it. We don't begin to recognize it. It's been said that if we could truly grasp all that happens in the invisible realm in response to our prayers, talking to God would be a top priority in all of our lives. When we pray for spiritual things, if we could see a glimpse of what happens in the spiritual world, when we pray to God for those spiritual things, we would be impressed to pray more for those spiritual things. Because that's what God does. Prayer moves the hand of God. And He is glad to do so. There are three things that I want you to see this morning and understand about the breath of prayer. And I call it the breath of prayer because praying for a believer is kind of like breathing. It's that important. We ought to be praying. The first one is the overriding thought in verse 18 where it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. What is the meaning of praying in the Spirit? Now it's not, I've been knocked down and I'm shaking and I'm, no, no disrespect for some in that category. But that is not what the scripture is talking about, about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, it means in a manner consistent with who the Spirit of God is and with what the will of God is. With who the Spirit of God is and with what the will of God is. Now you can't know who the Spirit of God is unless you study about God in the Word. You can't know what the will of God is without looking and learning what the Word of God says because 99% of the will of God for your life and mine is found right here revealed in the Word of God. Used to be years ago, a great number of people were saying, hey, can you preach messages about knowing the will of God for your life? How to determine that? And I know what they were saying. I mean, there's choices. Our, our, our high school students have choices to make about college, and, and our college students have choices to make about uh, what kind of work and career they're going to have. Uh, they have choices to make about who they're going to marry. They have choices, and we all have choices to make beyond that. There's choices about what house I should buy. There's choices about should I, should I uh, buy a car, should I rent a car for his uh, uh, paying, uh, uh, what do you call it, Least, um, should I, you know, all these choices are out there. How can I know the will of God for my life, what I should do? I know that's what they're asking. But when it comes down to it, are you doing the will of God that God's already shown you? Why should God show you more if you're unwilling to do what He's already said? And so it's important for us to be able to, to understand who God is and what His will is and to pray consistently with that understanding. The method, how do we do that? <clears throat> By walking in the Spirit. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit. The Scripture says quite a few times that we're to be led by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. We're to be controlled under the influence of the Spirit of God. Controlled by the Spirit of God. 
And so it is when we are controlled by the Spirit of God, not only do we manifest evidence of that with the fruit of the Spirit, but we also can pray like what God would want us to pray, according to His will, according to His uh, person, of what He is like. It comes from exposure to God's will in His Word, as I said, and it comes to a choice, surrender to that will. Have you made the choice to be in surrender to the will of God? How do we pray in the Spirit? Then there are some general instructions that it gives in verse 18. I want you to notice the four alls of prayer. The four alls of prayer. In verse 18, pray always is the first one. We're to pray always. It's stated in Scripture. Uh, verse 1, 16, 11. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Luke 21, 36. Jesus said, Watch ye therefore and pray always. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. How can you pray without ceasing? How can you pray always? Well, the idea of the understanding is that we must have, first of all, a God consciousness. We must be aware of God at all times. You know, there's possibility as a believer that we can go down the road of our life and so many hours out of the day we don't even think about God. He never crosses our mind. That's not being very God conscious. If something is about to happen and we're not thinking about God, he's not, we're not conscious about Him being there, we're not likely to, to, to speak up and say, Lord, help me right now as I'm facing this person with what I've got to say. Give me some wisdom. Give me your grace that my words will be received correctly. We're not going to be thinking about it. Or we might not be ready to speak to God at any moment. What is it that hinders a believer's prayer? Sin in our life. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I know that there's sin in my life that I have not dealt with, I kind of take it, put it aside, and don't want to think about it. If I neglect it, you know, it'll be all right. God is so gracious that He still does good things in my life even though Deep down over here in this closet somewhere, I have locked away sin. And I have not submitted to repentance, admitting that it's wrong and I don't want it anymore. And I have not done, asked God's forgiveness of the sin, and therefore I am out of fellowship with God. I'm living that way. And yet I want God to answer my prayer. He's not obligated at all. And so praying always is having, first of all, a God consciousness. I'm thinking about Him. And secondly, having a readiness. There's nothing between me and my Savior that would hinder that prayer. The frequency of prayer. Praying always. Secondly, there's a variety of prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. All kinds of prayer. Prayer, general requests, supplications, more specific requests. But it's all kinds of requests. Thanksgiving. 
confession. All kinds of prayer. Uh, recently on the Wednesday night, we uh, studied about prayer. We had, uh, there was an acrostic of prayer that I shared using uh, the word acts, A-C-T-A-S. Uh, adoration. Confession. Thanksgiving. Supplication. The request. Uh, too often, our prayers to God are like this. Request. 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 Bye. We rush through and say, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And that's about all our prayer life is. Asking God for something or His help for something, but not spending any time with Him. God, I want something from you, but I ain't got time to spend with you. Haven't got time to, to tell you how, how great I think you are. Don't have time to thank you for what you did yesterday, the day before. I just want what I want right now. We see that sometimes in our children when they're very young. But I hope we try to teach them along the way there's more to relationship than just give me, give me, give me. If you're ever going to have a relationship beyond the few years they're in your house, there needs to be a learning of that appreciation. All kinds of prayer, public, private, loud cries out of the Lord, quiet whispers unto the Lord, deliberate prayer, sitting down, I'm going to have a time of prayer, and spontaneous prayer. Just like I said, going down the road, if you're going to meet somebody, Lord, here they come, help me to know what to say. Help me to know how to say it. The variety of prayer. Then look at the manner of prayer. It says, watching there too with all perseverance. Watching with all perseverance. Where perseverance means uh, endurance. It means to stick to it. When I was in uh, high school, played football in the, in the fall, played, uh, went out to track and field in the spring. In track and field, there were two events I was in. The, the one that I really wanted uh, that I was, my main event was the shot put, and then uh, throwing the distance. Well, in the shot put, God helped me, uh, I came in first every meet that we had, except when we went to the regionals and to the states, and the states was ridiculous. <clears throat> Guy there had arms as big as my legs. I looked at my coach and he said, do the best you can. <laughs> But in the years that I, that I threw the shot, there was one in particular that I got a trophy for. And when the coach gave me the trophy, it wasn't the MVP, um, but it was for stick to itiveness. I had never heard such a thing. I thought, is this real? They just make it up something to give me something. Well, <clears throat> At the time, I maybe, maybe, not, maybe didn't appreciate it as much. But later on, I got thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I like having that trophy more than MVP. The reason? 
MVP would be for my ability. Stick to itiveness was for my character. The coach, when he first brought me on the team uh, to throw the shot, he went out there and he showed me all of the technique and, and what I was supposed to do, the mechanics of it. And then he turned me loose to work on it. And he said, every time I look over there at you, you'll be working on it. Weren't goofing off, slacking off. You worked hard and you showed up in the meetings. That's why I gave you a trophy. You're stuck to it. Prayer, the same thing. We need to have stick to when it comes to our praying. We need to be able to pray with all perseverance, endurance, so that we will not slack off. What's the great problem of prayer? When we're going through trial, do we pray? Yes, we do. When God answers and delivers and brings us through to the other side, do we pray? Not so much. When everything is going good, like the song says, Lord, I need you, whether it's the trials or whether it's everything is going good. We still need the Lord, and we should be praying <clears throat> with all perseverance. Watching, it says, watching there and do. Um, not falling asleep. Do any of you ever fall asleep praying? I have. Matter of fact, I told people, you have trouble sleeping at night, start praying. The devil doesn't want you to pray, you better you go to sleep. <clears throat> you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Night before he was betrayed and arrested, he went with his disciples out there, took a few of them a little further, and he said, Now, now watch with me and pray. And Jesus went off a little further and he prayed. He came back, what did he find? Peter, James, and John doing? They were asleep. Woke him up and said, Couldn't you watch and pray with me? Watch and pray. Jesus went off a little further, prayed some more, and came back. They were still asleep. He let them sleep. Jesus went off, prayed some more. All right, part of that uh, endurance is sticking to the prayer. Don't fall asleep. Don't get sidetracked. Try to spend some time that you're not going to be disturbed, interrupted, so that you can talk with the Lord. Not only that, but that patience, that endurance, that perseverance means don't be hurried in your prayer. This is something I have to work on all the time in my life. Because I'm like you, I'm sure, we're all busy doing things. Now some of the things that we do is not important. I think we'd all agree to that. But we're still doing things. I'm, I'm doing more things in my life right now than people a hundred years ago would dream about having done. Because I have so many much help to be able to do those things a lot quicker. We have technology. We have typewriters that you don't even have to use quite out when you make a mistake. 
Right? Let's go over computers. What a detriment they are. Sometimes. Enduring, not being heard. But be still and listen to God and, and take time to, to talk to Him. There is a uh, story I came across before refrigerators. They had what's called ice boxes. I've got one in my living room. Uh, came from my grandma Blackwood. Uh, anyway, my dad fixed it up for us and even still has them. You open the lid, it's got two lids. First lid, it had a sticker in there, uh, tell the refrigerator company, whatever, uh, 19 something date. Uh, it's a nice little antique. You open up another one, and uh, it was a, a uh, metal inside, and they had covered it with felt and used it as kind of a hope chest type thing, uh, storage. Don't know what's in there. <laughs> but um, they used to put ice blocks down in that. The story says before refrigerators were invented, ice houses were used to preserve foods. These ice houses had thick walls, no windows, and tightly fitted door. Large blocks of ice were obtained during the winter and covered with sawdust to prevent melting. This would allow the ice to last well into the summer. One day a man lost his valuable watch while working into the ice house, and he and his fellow workers diligently searched for the valued timepiece without success. A small boy heard of the problem and slipped into the ice house. I thought about, you know, that would have been a good idea on a hot day. Anyway, he slipped into the ice house. Soon he emerged of the cold with the man's watch. The men were amazed and asked the boy how he found it. He said, I closed the door, laid down in the sawdust, and kept very still. Soon I heard the watch ticking from the cold darkness of that ice house comes a reminder that we need to get still and listen and take time to pray to our God. In this world, we are hustled about with so many things that it hinders sometimes our taking the time Pray. Don't be hurried with your prayer life. The manner of prayer. Pray with endurance. And then fourthly, <coughs> the indirect objects of prayer. <coughs> indirect objects. He says at the end there, we pray. Uh, um, um, well, let me read it there. Um, watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for how many saints? All saints. We're to pray for all saints. First Samuel 12, 23 is a verse that I adopted when I first uh, came here as your pastor. It says, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. One of the things that I do and, and on a regular basis, and especially on Sunday mornings, I have a prayer time in my office. That's why I get up here early. I have a prayer time and I go over my notes so everything is fresh in my mind as best as I can. Because I need that. I can't just stand up here and, and preach to you on something I studied back on Friday or Thursday. And so I spend that time rehearsing. I spend that time in praying for you. I pray for you when you're getting ready. That you'll be able to find your Bible. 
and that your children would put on the right clothes <laughs> so that when they start to go out the door, you'll say, you can't wear that, don't get them changed. I know how that is because I raised children. I pray for you, husband and wives, that you would not have an argument on the way to church in the car and have to get out and put on a fake smile. I pray that each one of you would be thinking about what God is going to do in and through you in this service and not just coming, I'm here, and not having given any preparation or thought about it. I pray for you in these spiritual battles that you face because all of those things are based in the root problem of spiritual war warfare that we're in. The devil doesn't want you to be thinking about what he's going to do here. The devil doesn't want you to be prepared and having prepared your heart to receive from the Lord. The devil doesn't want you to have a peaceful morning that nothing would happen to disrupt or to cause an argument. The devil wants the opposite. And so it's important to pray for each other. I pray for you. Notice verse 19 of, of Ephesians 6. Paul says, not only pray for all the saints, pray for me. I hope you'll pray for me also. Pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known of the mystery of the gospel. Pray that I would be the witness that I should be. Pray that I would be able to open my mouth and speak and preach the way that I should. And the subjects that I should. Pray for wisdom. The frequency of prayer. Pray always. The variety. All prayer and supplication. The manner with perseverance, endurance, the indirect objects for all of those things we're to pray. Now, specific application. Ooh, oh, hold on. <laughs> Sometime ago, I received an email containing some thoughts about prayer from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Now, he didn't send an email. <laughs> he was a little bit before his time. But it began with Psalm 66, 20. He says, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. And the idea was that so often we pray prayers that are very flippant. They're just uh, quickies. And we really need to evaluate our prayers. And, but even in the little bit of praying that we do, even in the, how wrong we may approach sometimes, God still in so many ways answers those prayers. How merciful and faithful our Father is to us. I haven't got time to read all of his uh, Spurgeon's notes here to us. But he talks about how cold our prayers are sometimes. He talks about how infrequent our prayers have been. And how that we should be praying always with all prayer and supplication for all the time. And so I'd ask you to, to evaluate in your life, your prayer life. 
And I want you right now just to bow your heads. Uh, in our hands uh, are coming to the, to the instruments. I want you to just bow your heads and think about these questions. Do we pray like we should? As often as we should, as long as we should. What would God say about your faithfulness to prayer? How would God view it right now, this morning? We may try to give excuses of why we don't. may try to tell God, I'm, just, I'm not very good at, at talking with the Lord. I, I just don't know how to speak to you. I tell you, when you think about it, all of those excuses kind of fall to the side. It all comes down to what do we view as important? Do we see the spiritual warfare around us? Do we recognize and acknowledge how it has control and affects even the things in our physical life? So why not say, Lord, help me to remember to talk to you about these spiritual needs. The warfare that goes on in my heart and yours. And not stop there, but also to pray for all the saints. That we may be in unity as a church, as families. That we might have the heart of the Lord and know what He is like and what He wills. And that we would have the choice made that we surrender to that will. That's what I believe God's heart is for us as we close this mini-series. Not just to know what the armor is, but to have a heart to pray that God would help us. I have Christ in my heart. It's not just a statement of salvation, but it's a statement of de dependence. And I depend upon Him because the Scripture tells me that greater is He that is in me than He is in the world. I pray that this mini-series on the spiritual warfare and the armor of God has been beneficial. We've learned how to withstand the devil's fiery darts. We've learned how to stand our ground in the spiritual war by knowing and using the armor that God has given. It helps us to overcome. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Each piece of the armor is important. My challenge to you this morning as we close is to use what you have learned. Use it or lose it. As we close in just a second, after the service, I'm going to have up on the screen 
where you can see a list of all the armor and what it means. Take a picture of it with your phone, write it down later, jot it down there if you want. But don't forget to use it. Just having it in your Bible, having it on your phone, doesn't put it in your heart to use. Will you be faithful? Father, I pray that as we have come today, may you help us not just to leave out of here having checked off that we've been to church. Lord, I pray that you have met with us, that you have revealed to us the importance of praying to you, and that we would practice what we have heard, both in my life as well as each of our believers here today. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that that has been a blessing to you and a help.